I have stuff to play with today. As you can uh, see that we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 uh, this morning, if you want to turn there as, we're, uh, as, a, as I'm talking about where we're going. We're, we're continuing on the, on the series, What We Believe, and, and we're focused on the articles of the Baptist faith and message and the scripture that, that talks about those. And so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 today, and we're at the article on the church, as you can see behind me, the church. What is the church to you? And when I, when I say what is the church, I mean both worldwide, Christians everywhere, but I also mean this particular body of believers. What is the church to you? Because you're going to find a lot of different uh, uh, opinions here. And you might even have some preconceptions that you bring into the church. Is the church all about uh, uh, helping other people in society? That, uh, that became a, a big thing in the 60s and 70s and actually even was, was once called the social gospel. And so it was all about folks helping others in the community. Is that what the church is to you? There are also those that, uh, that think that, that church is about trying to fix problems in society, trying to fix things that are wrong in society, injustices. And in fact, they're, they're quasi-political or even completely political in, in how they react to what's going on in society. Is that church to you? Some think it's kind of a, a social club, that, it, that it's really all about just getting together, and it doesn't matter actually what happens up here. What matters is what happens down there. And, and so it's just a, a social gathering. Is that church to you? You'll see all of these different things and, and many more uh, in, in different ways church is done. And you'll see if you watch YouTube or, or any of those kind of things, you'll see these different views of what the church should be about. But as I said before, we bring in our own preconceptions about what church should be about. So what does Scripture say church should be about? Well, let's read first the article from Baptist Faith and Message, Article 6, The Church. The New Testament Church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers. This is something, by the way, I'm, I'm just going to mention. Folks think that if, if I do something you don't like, you can call the association and they'll fix me. Unfortunately, the, the, the association can't fix me. <laughs> the, uh, in, in Baptist world, every church is its own body, and, and so there, there, are no, there, there is no hierarchy above us. So, uh, associated by covenant and the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, governed by his laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them, by his word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic process. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. 
While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. The New Testament speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes all of the redeemed of all ages, believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So let's look at the main points of the article, and then, and then we'll look at Ephesians 2 and see how this bears out. The main points, the church is the body of Christ inclusive of all people. Now, this, uh, this raises some hackles sometimes because society looks at the church and sees a club. They see us as exclusive. The church is meant to be inclusive. Everyone. It isn't a matter of all of the things that matter in society, all of the things that divide society, race, gender, uh, um, backgrounds, economic status, all of that that divides our society, none of that matters in the church. The church is about one thing, Christ. And so none of those other things matter. The church is the body of Christ, inclusive of all people. The second point is Jesus is the head of the church. Yes, I am your pastor. We have deacons. Every church has a, a, a set of what's called polity or, or an, an authoritative strict structure made into the church, but Christ is the head. I'm not in charge here. He is. And we have to keep it that way. Christ is the head of the church. The next point is the church is local as well as worldwide and through history. Now, there are some that say, well, you don't need to join a local church because I'm a believer. I'm part of the church that believes in Jesus Christ. And that's only half true. I say that because Scripture is clear on the local church as well. That, that the local church is where you correct wrong doctrine, where discipline is done, where you put your, your shoulder to the wheel of the gospel in, your, in that place. There is a local church all throughout Scripture, and we'll see that as we study on. And then the last thing it says, that the church has the two ordinances of Christ, as it calls it, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And we're actually going to look at those separately next week. So tune in again next week for that. So I want to read this portion of Scripture that talks about church in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 17. It will be up here behind me. Ephesians 2, 17. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to one spirit, to the Father. Then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building, being put together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So let's look at these. Uh, the, the, first, uh, the first main point is the church is inclusive. And, it, and the church is inclusive. You see that right in verse 17. It talks about proclaiming the good news of peace to you who are far away and peace to who, those who are near. That's actually a quote from Isaiah 57.19. Isaiah 57.19 says, The Lord says, Peace 
peace to the one who is far or near, and I will heal him. So this, uh, this far and near is kind of a strange phrase, but it was understood through Jewish history, it was understood as not, not relating to those who are near to Jerusalem and those who are far from Jerusalem. It was more spiritual, those who are near to God and those who are far from God. What we might call the saint and the sinner. The church is meant for the saint and the sinner. It is meant to call those who are near to God and those who are far from God. Now, I would maintain that sometimes we are all far from God, aren't we? Aren't there days when it seems like God's too far away? Aren't there days when, it, when we just don't think about the things of God? Church is the place where we come back. Church is the place where we, where we hear the call of God on our life to come near. And, this, and you can see that, that this also means that the church is throughout history. Because I, Paul is using Isaiah 57 as a quote to connect this New Testament church in Ephesus to the people of God in Isaiah. You see how, how this connects believers across history. Now, the church being inclusive means... That, they, that folks that come don't need to look like us. And they don't need to dress like us. And they don't need to act like us. What they need to be is trying to follow the call of God on their life. What they need to be is seeking Christ. That's what's important in a church. So the church is inclusive of anyone who is answering the call on, on, of God on their life whether they be far from God or near to God. Jesus is the head of the church. Now, I said earlier, we have plenty of, of layers of authority in a church, and we see all of these in Scripture. We see them in our society even more so, though, because we have, we have pastors and deacons and elders and, and bishops and cardinals and the Pope. We have, there are so many layers of authority, but, but Christ is the head of the church. Christ is in charge of the church. Verse 20 calls Christ the cornerstone of the church, the most important part, what the church is actually built upon. And, and I think verse 22 may be the most important verse in this passage because verse 22 says the most important point, that we are being in church, we are being built together for Christ. That's what I think church is about, being built together in Christ. Let me, uh, let me read you Ephesians 4. It's just a couple of chapters over. You can, uh, you can pick up on Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves, blown about by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ 
from him the whole body fit fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part Christ is the head of the church but the point of church this is what church is about is us being built up together in Christ that's the point of church that's what it says and, and Ephesians has a lot to say about church that's what it says in chapter 2. That's what it says in chapter 4. That's what it says again in chapter 5. Church is about being built up together in Christ. Now, the church is local, worldwide, and covers history or goes throughout history. As I said earlier, Paul's inclusion of the quote from Isaiah connects the, the people of God in Isaiah, 700 years before Christ was born, to, to the New Testament church in Ephesus, to this church here. Throughout history. Have you ever considered that, that around the world right now, there are Christians, believers in Christ, who are studying the same thing we are? The same scripture we are? It may be in their language, but it's the same scripture as we're studying. They that literally in the furthest corners of the world this morning, there are people studying what we are studying. Doesn't that kind of fascinate you? Doesn't that show that the, the, the church is worldwide and it's through history? Two of the songs that we sang this morning, "Leaning on the Everlasting Arms," that was written in about 18, 1880. Uh, I Surrender All was written about 1850. Yet we're still singing them this morning and still enjoying them this morning. Still being called to the heart of God through them this morning. The church covers history. It covers the whole earth. It's worldwide. Connects us all the way back into believers long before us. But Scripture also talks about the local body of believers, the local church. Think about this. This, this uh, letter was written by Paul to a church in Ephesus, a church in Ephesus, a local church with local problems. He did the same thing with Corinthians. He did the same thing with the Colossians. He did the same thing with, with the Philippians. He wrote letters to specific churches dealing with specific problems. The local church is all throughout Scripture. Even Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus talks to specific churches. The first one is the church at Ephesus, as a matter of fact, this same church. And, and Jesus uh, talks to this specific church, this local body in Ephesus, about the problems that body is having. We see the local church throughout Scripture. All of the New Testament letters are written to specific churches in specific places addressing specific issues. All of them. So the church is worldwide. People are studying exactly what we're studying somewhere else on earth today. The church goes through history we are still reading this letter that Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. And we're still reading Isaiah that was written 700 years before Christ was born. 
The church covers history, but it also is a local body of believers that are, that are put together on purpose with a purpose. You hear me say this all the time. We are, on, uh, we are put together on purpose with a purpose. And the reason for that is to, be, to, to grow together, to grow to maturity as it talked about in Ephesians 4. To, to be built up together in Christ. So there is, the, the local body of believers is, is emphasized in Scripture. Now the, the, the Baptist Faith and Message article also mentions that men are, to be, uh, are the only ones to be pastors. And I don't want to gloss this over because it's scriptural. I know it's not popular, especially in our culture today. I'm probably going to get canceled for this. But it says in Scripture, 1 Timothy 2, that women should not teach men. And it says in, in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy that it, all, the, the qualifications for a pastor are, begin with a male. I know it's not popular, but it's biblical. It's what, how God set up the church. And, and, and I say this, you've heard me say this plenty of times too, the church is not mankind's idea. The church is God's idea. God's plan for us to grow together in Christ. That's the plan. And so we got to follow God's plan in His church if Christ is going to be the head. Don't we? Regardless of what our, our society might say. So what is the church to society? Again, we talked about how some would say that it is to serve the community. Jesus said in, in Matthew 5 that we are to be salt and light. But he also said that we are to be making disciples and baptizing and teaching people. And so what is the, what is the church to society? Well, I think we see in our, in, in the different views of churches where we see how people understand this. I think we show Christ the best when we take care of each other and when we reach into the community and help others. That's my opinion. My opinion is the church is not a, political, a place for political speech. Politics and, and discussions on politics tend to generate a lot of heat and not much light. Politics don't belong here. I, I personally do not use the time that I have behind this pulpit for politics. I want this time to be building each other up in Christ, not tearing each other down for their opinions. But that's just my view. Church reaches into the community by how we treat each other and how we treat others. How we help each other and how we help others. That's what a church does in our culture. So what's the overall plan? What's the overall purpose of church? It is God's plan for us to grow together. That's, it's as simple as that. Now this will take many different forms. We'll talk about evangelism and missions. We'll talk about baptism and the Lord's Supper. We'll talk about a lot of other things as we go uh, continue in this study. 
But the basis, the main point of church is to be built up together in Christ. It, it's, it's said again and again and again. 1 Peter 2 says that we're living stones being built up into a spiritual house and a royal priesthood. Ephesians says, says we are being built up together for Christ. In Christ, on the, on the teachings of Christ, the apostles like this letter and the prophets. We are together on purpose, with a purpose. And that purpose is to be built together in Christ. What is church to you? Have I, have I challenged your thoughts on what church should be? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Does this challenge your idea of what church should be? Or are you here to be built up with others in Christ? You need to take a step of faith toward Christ this morning. Maybe you don't know what it means to be in Christ. And, and so you're hearing this and thinking, what, what is that? It's a simple prayer. A prayer that, that acknowledges sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me for my sin. And come into my life and begin building in me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Maybe this morning you are a Christian. You know Christ. But you need to join a local body of believers to be built up together. Would you take that step of faith today? What is church to you? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, for, for the, the vision of what church should be about. Help us to understand and help us to be a part of a local body that is growing together in you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.